0: Danco on the
1: normal radio, free weed, free weed. Oy, oh, Danny Danko, come to show you how we go.
2: You're now tuned into free weed from Danny Danko on normal radio, presented by High Times Magazine. See me, I say, boom, bang, big respect. See me, I
0: say, Danny Danko.
1: Very much, DJ Jacques and Win Strong for the lovely tune. You are now listening to episode 16. Can you believe it? 16 episodes. So excited about this one. We have Russ Belleville from Normal Live, uh, Normal Radio Network. Uh, we have a ton of cultivation information. We also have a very special announcement about the Denver Medical Cannabis Cup, the High Times Medical Cannabis Cup. So welcome, everybody. Welcome, Michael. Oh, thank you. It's, <laughs> it's good to be here. <laughs> I was off mic 16. for a second, but I'm here. Absolutely. Let's do well- this thing. What uh, do you yeah. say? Let's do this thing. Boom, back. Ha, yeah, ha. At the mall over here, you know, Odd Future Wolfgang, Jasper Dolphin at the mall. Danny Danko. Listen to Free Weed. Bow. All right. Thanks, Jasper Dolphin from Odd Future Wolfgang. Kill them all. Uh, we have a special announcement, right, Mike?
2: We do, yeah. We didn't just play that randomly.
1: Yeah, we we are going to have members of Odd Future performing in Denver at our Medical Cannabis Cup uh, that Saturday night, April 21st.
2: Yes, yes, Odd Future will, well, members of Odd Future will be the Saturday night VIP party entertainment. And we're yeah. very excited
1: about Mellow it. Mellow uh, hype the guys that are going to be there? Well, Mellow Hype is made up of Left Brain and Haji Beats. But without a doubt, uh, I believe Jasper, Domo, um, you know, a bunch of other members are going to be there. Uh, Damier... That's Domo. So yeah, it's uh, we're excited about that. That's going to be quite an interesting, fun performance. They've got great weed songs, and as members of Odd Future, I mean, these you can't deny these guys are on the at the forefront of the future of hip hop right now. And no,
2: yeah, you know, it's really it's very special to have them. And we've we've been pretty fortunate with uh, the musical acts in Denver, Kid Cudi last year, and, yeah. uh, and these guys from Odd Future this year. It's it's yeah, uh, yeah it's very
1: exciting. Yeah, we're excited about it. These guys, they love their weed. Uh, you know, and Tyler's not a smoker, but the, uh, pretty much everybody else in the group we had them in LA uh, announced the Sativa award. Yeah, they gave and away they, the Sativa award. Yeah, and a great bunch of great bunch of guys. A lot of fun. Very innovative and interesting. Incredible videos. If you want to check them out on YouTube, Odd Future. Uh, and yeah, Mellow yeah. Hype. No, mellow before Hype. Before we move on, we should address. Um, we're not sure why
2: he kept saying uh, we're at the mall.
1: Ha, yeah, at the mall over here, you know, our future Wolfgang, Jasper Dolphin, at the mall. We were not at the mall. We were in our studio. <laughs> we weren't at the so. mall, but, you know, sometimes, you know, you're just in your mind, you're at the mall. So Yeah,
2: it's probably that Cinnabon uh, thing we had installed in the corner of the studio. <laughs> Just assume he was at the mall.
1: Yeah, well, the Orange Julius doesn't The Orange Julius.
2: Uh, there's <laughs> cool. definitely a Mac store in here somewhere. So, so anyway,
1: yeah, yeah, and then the other thing I would say is get your tickets in advance. Uh, Denver, Colorado people, all my Fort Collins, all my Boulder people, get your, get your tickets online now at medcancup.com, and it's just a much smoother way through the door. Uh, The VIP parties Friday night, Saturday night are going to be incredible. That's that's the whole 420 thing. So yeah, of
2: course Friday uh, is April 20th, so that's going to be a big, big day out in Denver. It's
1: always a big day there, and we're just happy to be coming for that time and, and and you know just trying to you know continue the good vibes we had from last year because I do feel Colorado last year was just off the hook. We had such a good time. Anyone who was there, remember Denver. We'll be back. It was wild, man.
2: Probably the <laughs> wildest uh, cannabis cup or medical cannabis cup that we've had. And uh, so that's exciting. If you want to learn more, if you want to get tickets, just visit MedCanCup.com. Yeah. And all the info should be there. And uh, you heard it here first, actually. We, we're breaking this this story. Yeah. It's going to be... Hype, mellow, yes, high, mellow High. Mellow High. <laughs> mellow High of Odd Future. Members of Odd
1: Future performing so live on stage.
2: Uh, just one other thing I think we should address while we're while we're talking here. Uh, this weekend, I don't know if you saw it or not. Well, the Oscars were on Sunday. Did you watch the uh, the eighty
1: fourth Academy uh, Awards? You know, ever since uh, Goodfellas lost to Dances with Wolves, not sure what year that was, but ever since that happened, I really take very little stock in what yeah. a bunch of old white uh, music executives or you know, probably not music, entertainment but, right. executives Filmed. feel just, is the best picture it it is, of yeah. the year. Um, although I, ha- you know, I haven't seen. The ones that won you know this year either, but uh, so you're, you're saying that, that you don't care, but you don't actually know anything about nah, it no, nah, so, no, I mean, I hear yeah. you you automatically you're gonna hear you know Angelina Jolie showed her off her leg, you know Sasha Baron Cohen dumped some fake ashes on some other dude uh you know you hear these things through the grapevine or whatever, but I'm not a big uh award show Pat yourself on the back kind of guy. All right, well, then like Woody Allen. Woody Allen doesn't even show up. Yeah, he won and he didn't even show up, right? Exactly.
2: Uh, But the reason I bring this up is because the evening before that Saturday, uh, the Independent Spirit Awards were were held, and our friend Seth Rogen was the host of that. And he told People magazine that he would prefer to win High Times Stoner of the Year than get an Oscar. And that's pretty cool. (laughs) Yeah, I mean, yeah,
1: that is cool. That is cool. Uh, that was a lot of fun. And you know, we were when we were in LA, we were there for the Grammys. I I was saying uh, uh, that it takes twenty eight Grammys to make one cannabis cup, and uh, some of the some of let the people me, let me in the crowd got the people who the are chip. a little slower out there. there <laughs> so, but, 28 some of the grams an
2: ounce. So yes, twenty eight.
1: Right. <laughs> got a good laugh.
2: Yeah, it's pretty funny. Um, but again, yes, yeah, Seth, that was very cool. He did say that he had won Stoner of the Year from us twice. I hate to be the bearer of bad news, but that is actually not true. He He won in 2007. Yeah. And then James Franco won in 2008. Yeah. Uh, 2009, for some reason, was that dog from The Family Guy. The Family Guy uh, dog. Brian. 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 Right. I think because he did that Bag of Weed song. Yeah. That was a great song. But he's not an actual person. No. But he was the stoner of the year. Yeah. And then 2010, uh, John Cusack won for his uh, performance in Hot Tub Time Machine. So... Seth, I feel, will be a multiple Stoner of the Year award winner before his career is over. But at this
1: point, just the one. (laughs) Of course, his movies.
2: May I say, uh, won Best Film twice. Yeah, knocked up and uh, pretty cool of him
1: though to keep mentioning that award and and holding it in such high esteem. Uh, You know, especially in in a a venue like People Magazine. I mean, gosh, who? uh, Yeah, doesn't get much more mainstream than that, (laughs) yeah. yeah so that was cool. thank you Seth. But uh, I'd like shout to see, out I don't know Seth if Rowan. everyone out
2: there saw the video of Snoop uh nominating Wiz Khalifa for Stoner of the Year, but oh, yeah. he's very very um excited, I guess you could say about Stoner of the year, so maybe maybe Snoop and Seth should get together and discuss this, yeah you know what I mean absolutely. <laughs>
1: I, we don't want them fighting over it no no, and, no it shouldn't get physical yeah and uh another thing i might mention about denver that i don't think anybody has mentioned at least not live on the air is that there's marley's in town that weekend as True, well yes and uh we are working on some pretty pretty cool uh collabos with uh the marley you know family for this again show this is a free and, weed uh, exclusive dan is free absolutely weed right hi money marley
2: will hi money marley
1: is performing friday night uh, with Barrington Levy, another High Times favorite reggae singer, Barrington Levy, and Kaimani Marley Friday night, and I don't think that Kaimani is the only Marley in town that weekend, so uh, I can't make any promises, but there, there, there will be, uh, there will be Bud. There will be Bud. And
2: We should also <laughs> mention uh, another show that we're. Uh, affiliated with on that Friday has Too Short, the uh, the rapper. Absolutely, so that's Too Short
1: at Castleman's. Uh, you that must be a this fun time high too. to enjoy that show,
2: <laughs> I think. Yeah. All right, well, uh, I think that's all the info we got, um, but why don't we take a little break and come
1: back with Russ? What do you think? Yeah, yeah, and uh, I, I just want to remind people about our first Uh, beloved sponsor, Ontario Seed Bank. Um, This is your source for the strongest worldwide strains. These guys have been around for 10 years. Uh, You give them a visit at ontarioseedbank.ca. You can call them anytime, 416-255-5355. They have all kinds of great specials, free delivery on orders over $25. They got a special free weed deal, skunk times diesel seeds, 50 seeds for $100 if you mention this show. And, you know, whether you're buying those seeds or not, please mention the show because we do we do want them to know that you're finding out about them from this show, and that's the way we will keep them on as sponsors. So we're real excited to have Ontario Seed Bank as just one of the companies that has stuck with us through all these episodes. So thanks, guys, and, and go visit them, OntarioSeedBank.ca, or give them a ring, 416-255-5355, and you can even go – right in the door. They got a brick and mortar in Toronto. So take take a look at that for sure. We will be back with Russ Belvin. All right. Uh, welcome back. I would like to also give a hearty welcome to someone... Without whom the show would not exist, and that is Mr. Radical Russ Bellville hey Danny, hey, how are you uh, you uh, as you may or may not know, but you 're definitely the inspiration behind this show. You gave me the i guess the ability and the wherewithal to make a freeweed uh, show so Um, between myself and Mike, we want to thank you for that. And we've never actually had you on the show. So I wanted to introduce you to some of the people who may not listen to us on the normal radio network, which, uh, which you created, I believe. Right.
3: Yeah, thanks so much, Danny. I mean, if we're gonna give proper credit, we've got to go back to Chris Goldstein for creating the podcast in the first place that Absolutely. I took over. Yeah. And hell, while we're at it, let's give credit to Steve Jobs for inventing the iPod.
1: <laughs> yeah, I mean they may it's become easier and easier, but I know it can't be easy for you to do a daily uh. uh podcast just having tried to do a weekly now. So uh the fact that, you know, almost every single day you are out there covering the issues of the day uh, marijuana related stuff is just amazing. And, and I don't know of any other resource that's that's that comprehensive. And I, you know, personally try to listen in every chance I, c- I can get at 4 p.m. is typically now when the uh, the first hour begins, right? 4 p.m. Eastern right. time.
3: Right. What we've got going on now is I, I shifted the live schedule to 7 Eastern and 4 Pacific, but still at 4 Eastern, I run the replay from the previous day. Mm-hmm. So if you're used to that schedule, you're still going to hear it. You're just going to hear it a daylight.
1: Yeah, and people. I mean, I guess is the best place people can listen to that is live.normal.org.
3: Yeah, live.normal.org on the web, uh, and that's through UStream, and they've got an app for both iPhone and Android. And I get a lot of listeners that way that'll, uh, you know, they'll put it on their Android while they're in their commute or something, and they can listen to it live.
1: Yeah, I mean that that is perfect, and and uh, we're hoping one day that we will have a video show as well, and we're also hoping to do a live uh, free weed. Uh, podcast from the Denver cup that we have coming up in April.
3: Yeah. I'm going to so, be there on that, uh, on that panel, uh, the, uh, the legalization box Canyon kind of panel that we're putting together. So, uh, yeah, I should be there streaming and there's no reason we couldn't throw a, a live free weed into that stream somewhere.
1: Yeah, that would be fun. I think we're going to try to do it in my grow seminar time and basically turn the seminar into like an episode of free weed. So that'll be great. Um, that should be fun. Um, you're also the outreach coordinator for national normal. Is that correct?
3: Yes. Yes. Been doing that. Uh, that's, that's what I call the paycheck job. It's like, <laughs> I'd do the podcasting and the writing and the blogging and the, the show. I'd do that for free. The, uh, outreach job is kind of the paycheck job.
1: And that just involves, uh, if people want to start a chapter of normal in their hometown, you, you give them the, the materials with which to form a board of directors and, and go through that process.
3: Right, right. People can email me uh, at chapters at org or, or even just Russ at normal.org. Uh, if they're interested in how to start a chapter, like what do you got to do? Uh, there's an autoresponder at start at normal.org. So if they just send a blank email to start at normal.org, it sends back all the apps and the instructions and the forms and all that stuff. Cool.
1: Yeah. People are constantly asking me what they as individuals can do to affect some sort of change in you know these laws against marijuana and i think that's one of the one of the best things they can do is if there's nothing like that in their town uh, they can start up a new chapter and immediately begin uh, raising awareness raising funds for you know various ways to show that marijuana is Harmless,
3: uh, Not only harmless, but beneficial. Very, I mean, yeah, so absolutely much beneficial.
1: But it. I mean, I think the biggest fear people have is that if we legalize marijuana, you know, everyone will just be high all the time. And, and somehow that that will be bad for society that, you know, yeah. that perception well, that they have.
3: I hope we're I hope between your show and my show and, and you know, High Times Magazine and the, and the people that demonstrate their use of cannabis, I think they're starting to prove to people that. There's nothing to fear from us that we're really not a whole lot different than wine drinkers. Mm -hmm. Some of us are wine snobs. Some of us buy a box of wine. Some of us are winos sitting out on the street. (laughs) But still, we recognize that there's, you know, that there's a responsible adult use of this uh, substance, wine. Uh, Most people use it without any sort of problems, without any sort of uh, complications in their life or affecting the lives of others. Yeah, some people have a problem. Some people end up being the wino on the street. But we don't lock up the wino on the street just for being a wino. And we don't lock up the people who are enjoying their Pinot Grigio uh, at the wine tasting because they might become a wino. And I think we should uh, you know, have that same approach with cannabis. Yeah, some people, a small, small, small minority, are going to be your wake-and-bake, super stoner, slacker losers, or whatever you know stereotype you want to throw out. Yeah, a tiny, tiny majority. But the most of us are the Danny Dankos and the Russ Belvels who appreciate a fine quality herb, use it responsibly, work damn hard all day, pay taxes, and don't cause problems to anyone else. So just legalize it.
1: Yeah, absolutely. And I mean, when you go back and think of all the... People who've been uh, locked up or who've uh, lost their lives due to you know the violence that pervades uh, when you when you have this product on the black market rather than you know able to be purchased in a legal manner. Uh, it's just so many lives destroyed and yeah. all the people's families and it's, it's it's really sad and and so for that. You know, reason alone, I think, you know, and never mind all the amazing benefits that will come. I mean, people can basically replace what's in their medicine cabinet Mm -hmm. with various, you know, concentrates, uh, topicals, edibles, smokables, vapables. All of these things can basically play a role in helping people to get off of all of these really harmful uh, and toxic uh, pharmaceutical drugs that that are being pushed down our throats. I, I think it's it's really amazing what you do on a daily basis for this industry. So uh, tell our listeners that might not know about some of the other shows on the uh, normal radio network, because I know oh, yeah. uh, Jorge Cervantes and Subcool. Mm-hmm. I mean, um, just some really cool stuff. So maybe if you could uh, sure. run down a few of the highlights.
3: Yeah, yeah. The normal network is, uh, you know, it's 420 24/7, 365 There's always something on. No matter what time you turn on live.normal.org, something about weed will be on. But let me give you the basic breakdown. Uh, the schedule kind of goes in six-hour blocks, and in the afternoon we do six hours of video shows. So like you said, we have Jorge Cervantes TV. We have a show we call the Marijuana Activism Show, which is videos from uh, law enforcement against Prohibition, uh, Jody Emery, and uh, normal chapters from around the world and SSDP. So we're trying to get you know as many voices as possible. Then at uh, the nighttime when we take over at night, we got our live show that goes on at uh, seven Eastern, uh, followed by a talk radio show at eight Eastern. It's live call-ins. We get people calling in from all around the country. And then every day there's a different lineup of of podcasts from around the country. So like the whole idea, the vision of it is you know I always the tagline is the voice of the marijuana nation. But I really want that because I feel like sometimes, especially I'm out here on the West Coast, so many of the podcasts and the information are all patient-centric and all medical marijuana, and I think sometimes the West Coast forgets, and Colorado uh, forgets that, you know there's 34 other states out there you know the Tennessees and the Texases and the Oklahomas and such, the Missouris, where people are still going to prison for a seed or a, or a joint, and all of this stuff is available through uh, podcast download through iTunes and all that.
1: Uh, It's so great. And uh, where are you normally based out of? I guess you're in Oregon, right? Yeah,
3: I'm in Portland, Oregon. Uh, In fact, if people have heard of the uh, world-famous Cannabis Cafe in Portland, I'm just six blocks away from it. I'm just really close in town in Portland. I'm originally from uh, Boise, Idaho, actually a small town outside of Boise, Idaho called Nampa, and that's where the whole radical rust came from you know cuz i i thought like you know weed should be legal gay people should be treated okay you know <laughs> i had these crazy radical views for idaho you know now i I'm, I'm kind of uh not that radical in portland
1: <laughs> well uh you know there's definitely nothing like a radical rant as well which is something uh-huh. that uh i i hear on the show on occasion and you know you you show me in a lot of ways um the best the best response to some of the prohibitionists and even some of the people within our movement who Mm -hmm. might have, you know, not really the best interest of ending marijuana prohibition altogether. I mean, that's the ultimate goal. So, and that's one of the things I think you mentioned earlier, the box Canyon idea. Mm -hmm. And, uh, maybe we could just talk about how, uh, you know, if, if medical is all you fight for, Mm. Then you know, marijuana will only be medical, and and that's not the freedom that we're ultimately after.
3: Yeah, I mean, in 1996, uh, reformers made a very pragmatic decision, and it was like, all right, we all want everyone to be free. We all want everyone to not suffer arrest and prosecution and you know discrimination because they smoke weed. But around 96 and you know, prompted by the movement in San Francisco and the Dennis Perrone and Cannabis Buyers Club and, and the real severe you know, issue of uh, the HIV-AIDS crisis that was going on, a, pra- a pragmatic decision was made that, hey, we'll, we'll secure some rights for the sickest and most vulnerable first and then we'll come back and we'll help all. You know, every everyone else. Right. You know, Let's get the sick and dying off the battlefield was kind of the rallying cry. And it proved to be successful. It was a very smart move because pragmatically it worked. People were ready to accept a cancer patient smoking a joint, not so ready to accept you and me smoking a joint. And that worked. And it, and it brought us farther or it brought us further in the uh, in the movement than we'd been ever before. But now I fear that we're, we've reached a place where medical marijuana has become its own. Uh, industry, its own separate entity. And now, like any industry or organization or entity, it wants to maintain the status quo. It wants to you know, protect itself. And so this is where we saw things like with Prop 19 where we saw dispensaries that were organizing to fight against legalization. And now, in Washington State, same thing is happening. Dispensaries are organizing, and medical marijuana clinics are organizing to fight against legalization. So uh, we've reached a spot where I think you know, the pragmatism of, of 1996 was all well and good, but now in 2012, more people think marijuana should be legal than not. It's not 96 anymore when only 25 percent thought it should be legal. It's now 2012 where 50 percent think it should be legal, and it's time to start reclaiming the rights of all marijuana users, not just the patients.
1: Yeah, and I agree. I mean, like you said, it's getting the wounded off the battlefield, but our war goes continues and goes on, mm-hmm. and we need them – on our side as well, and I know many of them are, but the ones that aren't need to understand that uh, fr- freedom for cannabis is for everybody, and that war will continue until uh, nonviolent prisoners are out of jail and back with their families, and marijuana is legal for responsible adult use in nationwide.
3: Yeah, and so- the irony, of course, the irony, of course, is that patients can't ever get the, the what they deserve until it's legal for everyone. I mean, all these raids we see, all these stupid plant limits and registries and possession limits of like an ounce or some stuff, you can't have it in public, you know, you got to have a specific condition. All of that only exists because we're trying to keep the criminals separate from the patients. When there's no more criminals, patients get exactly what they need in as much as they need, any time they need, anywhere they need, any reason they need.
1: Absolutely. Well, I know uh, you and I both agree on that and we're going to keep keep pushing along. Uh, I got to close now, but uh, check out Normal Show Live, uh, Normal Radio Network with Russ Belleville, uh, airing 7 p.m. Eastern, right? The first Mm -hmm. hour. Uh, at live.normal.org. Also, look for Russ's article, Beware the Box Canyon, in the April 2012 issue of High Times. We're looking forward to a lot of uh, contributions from you in print as well. Oh, yeah. Uh, in the mag. So, yeah, we're excited about that here. And we will see you, I w- would hope, in Denver yes, in April.
3: Yes, I, w- I will be in Denver uh, April 21st and 22nd for that cup. And April 23rd, Keith Straub and I are staying an extra day to meet with activists and uh, attorneys in Colorado who are interested in revitalizing uh, Colorado Normal and our activism in the Denver area. So if you're interested, send me an email at russ@normal.org at
1: Excellent. Thanks a lot, Russ. And uh, Thanks, I will Danny. chat with you soon. All right. See you again. Take care. Oh, great interview. Thanks, Russ. Thank you, Russ. Very inspirational. Always great to talk. I uh, want to remind you guys, we are brought to you by BC Northern Lights, a uh, great sponsor. Also, they've been around for 10 years as well, building these incredible grow boxes. Um, these things are built from, from the ground up, all different sizes, bloom box, producer, mothership, the nursery. You know them because they win you know awards perpetually in our high-time stash awards, our gear of the year, uh, grow products. Um, these are top of the line grow boxes. So give them a call at 888236. 1266 or visit them at bcnorthernlights.com if you're chatting with them keep in mind they have a free weed special they will waive shipping costs now on these grow boxes that's like three four hundred dollars so that's a lot of money yeah they will waive the shipping costs if you mention free weed podcast to them and I don't know how long they're going to keep doing that for but uh, they do have that policy now so check them out bcnorthernlights.com 888-236-1266 thank you
2: all right, we'll be back with some cultivation information.
1: Yes. All right, we are back. Episode 16 in progress. Thank you very much, Russ Belleville, for that uh, inspirational and uh, very interesting. Chat. What are we doing right now? Is this the strain of the week? Yeah, let's jump into cultivation with this strain of the week. Strain of the week this week is Aryans Haze number one from Greenhouse Seeds, and uh, this is a great sativa. This has won many awards. Unless you uh, wonder about some of that internet chatter about Greenhouse, this is a great seed company, and this actual strain won second place. In 2004, Cannabis Cup Sativa, first place in 2004, People's Cup, first place 2005, Cannabis Cup Best Strains Overall, Uh, first place Cannabis Cup Best Strains Overall in 2006, and High Time's Top 10 Strain of the Year uh, in 2005. So this is a strain with Pedigree from uh, Ariane and the whole family there at Greenhouse and Franco. And this continues to live up there to the hype these guys have won more cannabis cups than anybody else and this tasty haze is one of the reasons why that has occurred obviously there's a nice long lasting uplifting very sativa dominant high that you get from it perfect for you know wandering around uh the museums of amsterdam and and stumbling down the canals and all that Um, I've seen you stumble down the canals
2: of Amsterdam, (laughs) I believe. Uh, Yeah, uh, yeah. And Arian's haze
1: actually had uh, something to do with that, that piney, spicy uh, flavor with the minty aftertaste. And uh, you you hear people talk a lot about creeper weed, you know, kind of creeper sativas that that catch up with you, you know, 10 minutes or so after you've smoked. I definitely would put this in that creeper category, um, starting with kind of a a heavy buzz at first and that evolves into a more subtle, long lasting kind of buzz and, uh, 11 week flowering time. So it's going to take a little longer. The lineage on this is Neville's haze times silver haze times Laotian. Uh, so it's got that longer flowering time, but it's well worth the wait. Uh, I asked Franco about the Arians haze. Number one, he told me people are getting 1.5 kilograms outdoors in, uh, in Europe, Canary Islands of Spain, and that's more than three pounds per plant outdoors. So arian's haze does fill out, even though you're gonna to have to uh, wait a little longer. And another another characteristic, it develops those uh what I call dreads, those thin tubular calyxes that uh seem to bust out towards the end uh late in the flowering cycle. But uh still uh that's not a bad thing. That's actually a pretty good thing. So Check out the Arian's Hayes. Go to GreenhouseSeeds.nl for more info or to order those. So, uh, yeah, Arian's Hayes number one, Strain All of the Week. Right.
2: excellent strain. And uh, as always, you can check that strain and many others out at HighTimes.com. It's Danny Danko's Marijuana Strain of the Week, and we have, uh, we have quite a nice collection of strains up there. So, uh, Also, you could buy his book. So those are your two options there. Uh, shall we move into a little uh, Dear Danko? Would Let's you like do to answer it. let some do questions. Some
1: questions. I'm, I'm excited. All right. Our first I got
2: one – pep talks. All right. Our first one comes uh, from email. Now, this actually came in through Danko at hightimes.com, and you can send us there, uh, our questions there. But we uh, would like to encourage people to use our brand-new we- um, uh, email. email address, yep. freeweed at hightimes.com. That's just for this show And we want to cater to the Free Weed audience. If you send us an email at uh, uh, freeweed at hightimes.com, that is specifically for this show, and we'd like to encourage people to do that. So, first question. Dave from Oregon writes, uh, he he believes he might have a spider mite infestation, uh, but he'd like to know if he could still harvest despite this. All
1: right, I got a pep talk for him. Great harvests are born from great opportunities. And that's what you have here tonight, Dave. That's what you've earned here tonight. One grow. If we grew ten times, the spider mites might win nine, but not tonight. Not this grow. Tonight, we get rid of them. Tonight, we spray them with neem oil and we shut them down because we can. Tonight, we are the greatest cannabis growers in the world. You were born to grow cannabis, every last one of you. And you were meant to grow here tonight. This is your time. Their time is done. I'm sick and tired of hearing about what a great time these spider mites are having. Screw them. This is your time. Now go out there and grow some weed. All right. Well, my feeling, my
2: feeling on that is right now uh, there are two types of people listening to this show. <coughs> one, one group is uh, laughing uh, hysterically. The and Canadians the other, get it. The Canadians get it, and the other group... Doesn't have any idea what <laughs> just happened. That's if you're in that die. second group, uh, let me just say that Dan just did a little uh, spoof on the uh, the Herb Brooks speech from uh, what was it Miracle?
1: Miracle, yeah, it's um, right. Kurt Russell Kurt doing Russell. Herb Brooks. Me doing Kurt Russell doing Herb Brooks, a little motivational speech before the 1980. 1980- usa olympic hockey win versus the soviets so that's what that was mike had decided to (laughs) indulge me on my little we we had
2: a little disagreement
1: i didn't think that that was something that should be in the show and then if you get it it, and you got it and you liked it tweet tweet me at danny and hashtag free weed and let me know if you thought it was funny or not. the people
2: who really got it are in the minority when when did this movie come out oh yes i don't even know a little while ago yeah, yeah. It's a famous speech. Was it speech pre though. Goldie Hawn, or were they already? <laughs> I anyway, know. is I it don't before
1: uh, Overboard? Not sure, but it's okay. a great performance by Mr. Kurt Russell as Herb Brooks.
2: <laughs> <laughs> All right, well, we got that out of the way. Sorry, Dave, we don't have time to really answer your question, but good luck with that. Uh, let's move on to a couple <laughs> other questions we got here. Uh, these actually came, believe it or not, by snail mail. Somebody I, I hand put- wrote. These things, oh, and yeah. put them in a mailbox, and they came to our office. So. Yeah, I get a lot of those. Let's jump right in. We, of course, prefer free wheat at hightimes.com, but we could also do it this way. Um, Dear Danko, my question is about auto-flowering seeds. Uh, could you tell me more about these seeds? Are they 100% reliable? Uh, how big will they get before they bud? And do the do the buds get as big as regular plants do? So this is from Jay,
1: and I guess basically he just wants to
2: know everything that you would tell him about autoflowering.
1: Okay. Well, autoflowering are plants that have been bred with uh, ruderalis genetics. We have cannabis sativa and cannabis indica, and uh, cannabis ruderalis, which is basically hemp from uh, Russia, uh, very lo- low THC. Uh, but because of that harsh climate, it has a very short flowering season, so it has adapted to flower automatically at a certain height. Now, when that's mixed in with the Indicas and Sativas uh, by breeders, you get a certain uh, percentage of plants that are autoflowering, and then they breed those traits into the seeds that they sell. Uh, I know many companies now in Europe are making feminized and autoflowering plants, so, you know, uh, are they 100% reliable? It depends on the company you got it from. It depends on uh, that sort of thing. But what happens is they start growing. They grow about uh, a foot or two or so tall, and then they begin flowering, uh, some of them even at a short, shorter than a foot. And, you know, the advantage of that is uh, you you can flower any time in the middle of the summertime. They're even, even with 18 hours of sun, they're going to flower. So you can beat uh, the... Pests. You can beat the rippers. The we got this crazy siren, huh? <laughs> That's New York City. Yeah, it's New uh, you York can City. Beat molds. Uh, a lot of times, people have very wet fall, and so you can beat that as well by flowering earlier. Uh, you know, the other advantage is you plant the seed, you walk away, you come back eighty, ninety days later, and you harvest. There's really no muss and no fuss. So if you uh, if you want to just plant seeds and and then harvest. You know, three months later, you can, and that's one of the advantages as well. And the new generation of autoflowering plants, the the you know, uh, they've been able to autoflower haze now at Dynafem. So there are autoflowering plants with potency that that, uh, perform those tasks. And no, they do not get as big as uh, non-autoflowering plants because they just don't have uh, as long of a grow cycle. You know, you can grow much bigger plants when you veg them out for very long, but these are unvegetable. As soon as they vegetate to a certain height, they immediately begin flowering. So, like I said, there's advantages and there's disadvantages. Uh, another of the disadvantages, obviously, is you know there's a you know weakening of the gene pool. So there has to that has to be accounted for. So the good breeders are accounting for that and. You know, amateur breeders are maybe not necessarily. So you really got to pick and choose your autoflowers, but there are great ones out there and they do serve an incredible purpose, especially for people with short flowering seasons, people with harsh fall conditions, people at high altitudes, uh, Canadians, (laughs) Uh, Uh, Michiganers, 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 Montaners, Montana residents. Uh, and uh, you per- actually
2: have a uh, an article on autoflowering
1: I coming do. up. I do. In- I went and I visited uh, the Basque Country in uh, in Spain, and uh, was with Dynafem seeds there, and toured a bunch of different uh, autoflowering feminized facilities, a lot of their uh, uh, you know seed growing facilities, and you know learned a lot more about it. But it's very easy to you know sort of poo-poo the whole idea, and a lot of the you know top you know, breeders will tell you, oh, you know, it's, it's shit, but, uh, it serves a purpose and it's, it's there for a reason and it's not going away and neither is, neither are regular seeds and clones and all that other stuff. So, um, there's nothing to fear. It's not Monsanto. It's not genetic engineering. It's just crossing, uh, in different genes and, and, and choosing for certain traits.
2: All right. Well, thank you, Jay, for writing in. I hope that helped. Um, and for more on autoflowering, yeah, it's the June uh,
1: 2012 issue that you have. June 2012, the buds of Basque Country or Basque Country buds. Yeah, so uh, look for that article. in a couple of months. And yeah, it'll be out in about a month or two. All right, let's do a couple more real quick here. Yes.
2: Uh, next question also came by snail Uh Dear Danny, could a person root a seedling or clone hydroponically and then veg it the rest of the way into a soilless mix? Or in uh, soil, you're talking guess. about going from hydro to soil. from hydro
1: to soil. Yeah, absolutely. Uh, you can do that. The key to doing that is to you know dig a hole in the soil, gently, very gently, place the roots or the hydroponic medium into that, and and backfill that hole with soil, uh, covering up whatever. If you had any kind of rock wall or anything like that, just cover that up so that it's just you know soil. Water it in and the roots, as long as you didn't do a lot of damage to them, uh, in the transplantation, the roots should take to that soil very quickly. Uh, one thing I would note is the tap roots very important. So the, you know, as the deeper you can get the tap root, the better, which is the main, the longest root from which, you know, all the other roots kind of emanate out. So uh, rather than bunching that all up at the top, try to get it down low and let it let it really explore the uh, container that it's in.
2: All right, great. Well, that's a that was a very good question, and I think we have time for one more. This comes from Twitter, and of course, if you want to reach us uh, via Twitter, it's at Danny Danko or at Mike Hughes underscore. Got to have the underscore.
1: Mm-hmm. And you can use that hashtag #FreeWeed if you want to see free that. #FreeWeed worldwide yeah. trending.
2: Right on. So those are the three ways that you can get a hold of us, and we will answer your questions there. Uh, at the Texas Pete uh, writes, "Do you believe there should be more THC or CBD in cannabis?" Um, hmm. Interesting, interesting question. Is that a question uh,
1: between the CBD and the THC, or uh, you know, I'm a big THC fan. CBD is really something for medicinal purposes. People uh, with pain or spasms and that sort of thing. That is really calmed by CBD, uh, so I'm a THC fan. At the same time, do I believe there should be more THC in cannabis? I think it's at the level it's you know it should be at right now. You know the highest testing strains right now around 24, 25 percent. Uh, anything more than you know 12 to 15 percent is going to be a strong strain. Uh, if you're interested in higher concentrations of THC, you got to get into concentrated. You know, hash, uh, ice water extraction, uh, solventless uh, hash extraction, BHO, butane honey oil. Those things test uh, anywhere between 60 to 80% or higher THC. And, uh, you know, the CBD counts are higher as well because it's concentrated. So, you know, I think uh, cannabis is right where it, it, it should be. I don't anticipate, you know, any flowers testing at 40%. THC And and I don't really think breeders are even really truly working towards that. I think, you know, it also has a lot to do with flavor and, uh, you know, odor and all the other factors that factor into the whole experience of the strain.
2: All right, great. Well, that does it for our Q&A section this week. But again, please do uh, send your questions via Twitter, via email. And uh, you might have them read on air by Danny Danko, answered <laughs> by Danny Danko, read by me. Um, we should do another little uh, snippet from the GROW seminar you did in Los Angeles. That's good stuff.
1: Yeah, the Cushman, uh, Swerve, and uh, Rick Frommer seminar. I uh, uh, There's still so much we can mine out of that seminar, so I'm going to – I'm gonna hand it over to you, and we'll have some of that uh, panel that I moderated about buying and growing the greatest cannabis on earth. Excellent. All right, yeah, let's take a listen. Be
4: an issue now. Like what I've learned between organic and synthetic is ultimately, to me, it's the flush. If you can flush it in real retrospect, equivalent either way. I don't really think it matters. To be blunt, I know. I know. I know. I know. And the only reason why I say this is because I've grown full organic and I've grown full synthetic and I kind of have really seen a sense of like flavor and look and taste and so forth. Um, almost no difference in the way that it affects my illness or anything like that as long as it's properly flushed. Five to ten gallons of water per you know gallon of soil. You know, um, or a couple hundred gallons worth of water. I mean, I flush to 0%. There is 0 ppm. The water goes in at 0 ppm and it comes out at 0 ppm. That's the way I flush all the way down. So that's what I'm saying. If it's a solid flush, I honestly, truly believe that it really doesn't matter.
1: Controversial. (laughs) Um, uh, Going beyond organics a little bit, I want uh, Kyle to discuss a little bit about Veganic, because and what the difference is, I guess, organic. Like he said, it, it, the FDA has allowed that to become a pretty much. They use, you know, urea. They use, uh, which is pee, <laughs> and they use, uh, you know, uh, sludge from, I guess, the waste treatment plants and stuff. And they they count that and as organic. I think with the big farms, um, which is really a misnomer, I would say, but. You know, there's things like bone meal and blood meal that I guess we consider organic, even though they're not really... Uh, I mean, they have their harms, I guess. And so I'd like you to talk a little bit about uh, veganics, which is your uh, style of growing and what you've been teaching. Um, so maybe just a little mini uh, veganics uh, you know, in- introduction for the people. Um, the, the word
0: veganic in case anybody hasn't heard for it, is kind of a, a shortening of the term, vegan organic. So, uh, I like to say veganics is uh, organic and then some. so. So, um, like you said, there are no, uh, there's no regulatory commission on veganics like there is on organic. There are no standards or no rules. Um, I guess I'm kind of pioneering it a little bit. and uh, I, I hope it becomes pop- popular. Some of the reasons why it's so good uh, is the lack of heavy metals, like Swerve was saying. I did work with the UF4A.org, which is the unconventional foundation for autism. And autism especially is, uh, you know, there's no conclusive evidence, but uh, a lot of people believe that it has to do with uh, the presence of heavy metals in the body. And um, basically... <clears throat> In my belief, uh, a lot of illness and things has to do with aggregate toxicity, the buildup of all of the environmental toxicity that we go through every day, whether it's pollution from cars or uh, bad food you put in your bodies or chemicals or such like that. And so I stumbled across veganics a couple of years ago and started getting into it and realized that it was the absolute cleanest medicine that I ever grew in my life. And so I started saying, you know, if you're going to call it medicine, it should really be good for you. And um, Veganics is just the easy, the, the best, the best way to grow the purest, cleanest medicine possible. And uh, <clears throat> excuse me, basically Veganics is using organic products, but not using any animal-derived products. Now, can you can you name a few of those products? Um, well, mostly it's. Uh, Not so
1: so much brand names, but what they are.
0: uh, The majority of uh, the basis of nutrients for organics is is hydrolyzed and fermented plant products. Um, Digested soy and alfalfa, um, and just basically uh, fermented plant matter that is uh, brewed in proprietary ways and fermented so as to extract the nitrogen and other major nutrients from the plants and uh, build them up into sufficient quantities that it's enough to feed your plants with. And uh, I found that uh, the reason why I asked Swerve and Rick both about the uh, synthetics or chemicals, whichever word you want to use, is that um, I found that with veganics, you're going to need a small amount of organically... Mind natural minerals in order to round out the things that plants don't digest and pass on in their uh, in in, in the matter that they leave behind Uh, so basically you're leaving out all of the animal products such as bone meal, blood meal um, guanos even right? guanos even because you're, you're, you're taking away the chance of passing along any pathogens that these animals may have acquired during their life or from things that they may have eaten. A lot of people like to ask me if worm castings are okay. And basically, the definition for veganics allows for the use of animal products, oddly enough. It's a little bit more like biodynamic farming, if everyone's familiar with that and biodynamic is again organic and then some it's more strict than organic but uh, what it allows for is the use of animal products if you know where they're sourced from so in other words if you're buying worm castings from some big con- global conglomerate you have no idea what those worms were fed did they eat newsprint or old pizza boxes Or you have no idea what they ate so what their stuff contains that the guano contains that you're feeding your plants you don't know but if you were to use a guano or a casting from a local supplier, a local organic farm, and you know that these animals were all healthy and happy, there's really no problem with that. The main thing is that when you're growing indoors, I'm kind of looking forward to the future, and when, when, you, when you're living in an apartment complex 50 stories up, it's kind of hard to brew guano teas in your home with your children and your pets in the same room and and you're starting making some spaghetti sauce the next thing you know you're brewing a microbial tea and you're feeding it to your family and that's not so good so I'm not trying to at all say that organics is bad because I've been an organic farmer for 20 plus years and organics is wonderful but you just have to be a little picky and choosy about where you source your products from and that's the main deal I have a question for you. Now, I have a
4: group of friends, they run specifically salts. Only pretty much pure raw nutrients. It is a raw dead, form. Dead sea salts? No, 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 not dead sea salts. Like as in um, their magnesium comes in actual, as if it was mined a couple days prior. So it's in raw form still. So they basically take this raw form, they work their whole formula, and they keep an average of a ppm, I think, through their entire grow, roughly like Two hundred and twenty parts per minute, and grow some of the most amazing quality medicine that I've seen. So I was wondering, have you seen it all, or heard anything about like the newer kind of, I guess, scientific generation coming into the uh, you know the biologies, you know, the the, the scientific generation now coming into the, the growing aspect where they're taking and you know
0: doing that. Actually, I have, um, and. The difference is uh, the people that are making their own uh, nutrient salts and mixing them together have a different uh, motivation behind it than um, a large global corporation whose motivation is the bottom line and trying to put something out that they can make a whole lot of money on. So there's going to be fillers or crap or m- low-grade mineral salts. Whereas if you're making it yourself, Um, It's relatively inexpensive. So, um, you know, it's rare, but I have smoked some... uh, What's the word I'm looking for? Some some chemical, chemically grown produce that I thought was really fantastic, but it's really few and far between. Um, It's kind of like, how often do you buy a hothouse tomato that tastes half as good as one that was grown in the ground and soil? It just doesn't happen. So you you can grow really tasty potent medicine with chemicals. There are other attributes that will not be present in synthetically grown cannabis that are present in organic organically grown cannabis.
5: Yeah I would I would agree with Kyle with that even take it further to say like I personally smoke almost all sun grown medicine, mostly straight outdoor but, but some greenhouse. And the range of flavors that gets expressed in outdoor uh, and, and even greenhouse uh, through soil-grown, organic methods, there's so many more terpenes and flavonoids, and the terroir, like they speak about, with, with wine-growing, that get expressed that you just don't see with even the best, finest flushed, in my opinion, indoor, indoor cannabis.
0: Right, well, you know, you are what you eat, and if you're a plant that's been eating nothing but chemicals for three or four or five months, then it's got to show in the finished product. It's in the cells, it's in the cellular structure of the plant itself. And if you've been feeding organically and the plant has been able to only take up the actual chemicals that it needs rather than being force-fed all those fillers, there's definitely going to be a difference. You may not... I like to say, if you live with it for a few days, meaning if you, if you had an eighth of synthetically grown weed and you, and you took it home and smoked it, it might seem perfectly acceptable and wonderful to you. But then if you had an eighth of that, and you also had an eighth of really good organic, and you switched off, I guarantee the eighth of organics would get smoked first. You'd finish that eighth before you finished the other eighth.
1: Uh, Another thing that you just touched on and I want to also talk about is that sun-grown aspect. I mean, I guess there's no better grow light, you know, on the market than the the big ball in the sky. Uh, And that's, you know, every spectrum. And so all these lights try to sort of mimic the sun, uh, whether they be LEDs or... Um, metal halides or high pressure sodiums they're all trying to mimic the sun but nothing really beats the sun even though there's sort of a misconception that uh, indoor is somehow better than outdoor indoor, indoor
0: seems better
1: because
0: it, it has to do with the photo period Danny and uh, outdoor outdoor, medicine, outdoor cannabis is a completely different animal because it grows under a photoperiod that changes by a minute every day Indoor cannabis is grown under a set photo period. And what that does is, it makes kind of like a, uh, it's kind of like the difference of uh, smoking or injecting. You know, you inject a drug into your bloodstream and it hits you immediately. And that's indoor cannabis. Outdoor cannabis, outdoor cannabis, outdoor cannabis, because, because it takes so long to grow, it literally, it, it literally has a different high. And it takes a little bit longer to come on, and it lasts a little bit longer. Whereas the other, the other stuff is smack the arm, man, hits you right in the head like that. And everybody really likes that, and I do too. But well, it, it, it's really
1: a different animal. A I think part of, part of that misconception is also that typically uh, indoor is better trimmed because it's smaller batch. You know, so people can take their time. I guess. Um,
4: well, that just, in my opinion, has to do with the, the fact of inside you can control your watts or lumens a square foot, and that's all it is. It's just the fact that it's concentrated, so it allows the trichrom formation or the the calyx formation to be solely calyx and no leaf. You know, have that what we call the leaf to calyx ratio and vice versa. That's, I think, what the difference, in my opinion, in between indoor and outdoor is. Is indoor it's such a concentrated. Just so much light in such a small space and just bam, that's it in comparison to outdoor where it's not so
1: close. How, uh, how do you guys feel about trimming, I guess? Do you, uh, do you prefer taking off the fan leaves and the sugar leaves before drying or uh, after drying?
0: I personally think that the dry and the cure is way more important than how you decide to trim it and uh, the, the, uh, the attention you paid into growing the actual product is way more important than whether you decide to trim it wet or trim it dry or leave the leaves on. Uh, um, there's a little bit different ways you're going to handle it afterwards as to whether you left the leaf on uh, or leaf off. you got to get rid of that green smell. It's going to take a little bit of time. But as far as the actual finished product, it's really just up to your preference. You just have to develop the proper drying and curing method to go along with the, the, the method of trimming that you've
1: chosen. Okay. Uh, and what about um, buying uh,
5: for Harpocyte, uh, Rick? Uh, how important is the, uh, the trim? Trim is hugely important. It was what Kyle referred to earlier as a bling factor or bag appeal, we call it also. Um, You know, unfortunately, I I actually prefer old school style trim where they left a little layer of leaf on the outside It protects the trichomes from getting all knocked off on the inside of your bag. Uh, Unfortunately, the industry has gone over to the naked flowers model for the most part. People just want to see everything just super manicured down. Um, so that is the, you know, that is the dominant thing. So if you're trying to sell something to a harborside or any other professional dispensary, it pretty much needs to be stripped down to the barest. And, and that's, because the reason that people prefer
0: it that way is because if you leave a little bit of leaf on the bud, some people think it's going to add to the weight. Some people just don't are a little bit lazy and don't want to spend as much time working on it. But what it all comes down to is, it's not really going to change the potency of that joint that you smoke so much. But that leaf makes it harsh. So the better you trim it, the sweeter the smoke is going to be. So that's why consumers are going to prefer the naked flowers, as you put it. I like that term, naked flowers. Naked flowers, coined
3: today. And then
4: uh, what I want to say is, is when it comes to that drying and curing also, or uh, the trim, it also depends on what you're going to do with your trim, too. See, all people don't really remember is we do use the trim. We make hash out of that, we make concentrates and such and such, edibles, you know, we we work with it. In my opinion, it depends on what you're going to do with the trim. If you're going to really, like, um, for example, blast the trim to make concentrate, good enough to win the cannabis cup over in Amsterdam, like we just did with our Tahoe, um, we, on that batch, we let everything dry, we trim the off, families off and let everything dry naturally with all the sugar leaves on and then Uh, dry trimmed to get the sugar leaves off, so the uh, trikes were not dry, so to speak, but everything was dry to blast. So it ultimately also would depend on what you're going
0: to do with your end result. I'm interested to hear that, because my preference for years has been to use dry trim. Because, um, like you said, depending on what you're going to do with it, a lot of people say that if you're going to make bubble hash, water hash, um, that wet trim makes the best. Bubble hash. I've been using dry trim for years because dry trim gives you more options. Uh, you can store it in the freezer, take a little bit out, and make one of my favorite concentrates, which is Keef. I love smoking Keef. And you can make yourself a of it. Dry, dry sift, Right. Basically, you just take the sugar leaf and run it over a silk screen, and in five minutes, you have yourself a pile of Keef. Do you press that together or do you just sprinkle it on? I like au natural. I like to, uh, I don't want anything oxidized because when you press it you're exposing, you're bursting some of the trichomes, and then some of the terpenes are going to oxidize it's another way for saying of going to evaporate and you're going to lose some of that. Um, it does change the flavor. Some people actually like the flavor of pressed hash is better. I personally like it au natural. The other thing I was to say Sue, soon
4: like uh, Rick was talking about how they were going for the more sand type of bubble hash in comparison to press because a lot of people, a lot of people, and you really take heed to this if you make bubble hash. If you patty it up and you don't let it dry properly, that inside's all mold. You're going to lose everything. And you're not going to go, you're going to go, wow, it tastes good, but it kind of has this weird smell. That's mold. That's the bad thing. <laughs> don't so press it wet. Yeah, so don't press it wet. And if you are going to press it wet, seriously, like you've got to really press it uh, multiple times with new, new cloths to get all that water out. But I'm telling you, it's so much easier, like you said, to make it smite sand.
0: Uh, I'm gonna, uh, one, before we move on to bubble hash, I'm going to share something here real quick that, that I haven't shared with anybody yet. And it's a drying technique for bubble hash. It's one of the easiest ways in the world you got your bubble bags or whatever bags you're using and usually scoop out the the, the, the sludge at the bottom. And then you're going to take it and you're going to either put it on a screen and press some of the water out of it and then you're going to let it dry. But well, what I do is I take that stuff and I scoop it out and put it onto a dinner plate. Okay? And it's kind of like the reverse of making mashed potatoes where you don't want them to be watery. You keep adding the milk and the butter until it gets to a nice consistency. What you do is you take some, some clean water and add it back in to that pile of sludge. And then slowly stir it around on the plate until it evens out to a little pool of water. And now you just let that plate sit around for about two to four days, and the water's gonna evaporate. Now there's a little bit trick to this because if you wait too long, all your hash is gonna stick to the plate, and it's gonna be like concrete, and you're gonna scrape it up, and it's it's just gonna fly everywhere. But if you catch it at just the right time, And you stick a nice sharp knife underneath the edge around of it. You can peel it off that plate and hold it up. and It'll be like a piece of shoe leather, like like fruit leather. And And you don't have to do anything further than that. You just let that sit and dry out for another two or three days. And you have a piece of fruit roll up. Nice thin piece of hash. Ready to go.
1: Hope you guys enjoyed uh, the show. I hope you enjoyed that that seminar. Um, thanks to Kyle Cushman, Rick Frommer, and Swerve for that uh, in Los Angeles. Thank you to Russ Bellville. Russ Bellville for yeah. coming on the show. Uh, very, very good, uh, good dude. And yeah, he's a good dude. <laughs> he's a like,
2: he's a well, he's a radical dude. That's he's radical, really. Russ. he's and, radical, Russ. He's uh, radical, Russ.
1: He's a hard worker. He and is he's getting a lot done. So I We I, are not hard workers. So we do this show on a very irregular <laughs> uh it's basis. It's pretty regular. It, we're getting more regular. We've been taking our and we're getting very regular. Times 1 hour of free weed. We started the show back in
2: July, I August. Think? August. Yeah. Mm-hmm. What, hey, what month is it now? Anyway, yes, Sweet 16 for us. Thank you guys all for joining us and uh, being here with us. We're going to bring 17, I guess, maybe next week. I hope so, yeah.
1: <laughs> we should do that. That would be we awesome. We ought to do
2: that. Um, anyway, uh please send us questions we really enjoyed that true or false segment last week by the way and we got a nice response on the twitter sphere so we got
1: to bring that back let's bring back the phone call too we should bring back the phone call
2: that would be cool yeah Yeah. tweet us yeah tweet us at Danny Danko hashtag free weed if you're desperate at my cues underscore and of course please make use of our lovely email address freeweed at hightimes.com yeah i'm on instagram too i am not Danny Danko, come to show you how we grow. You're now tuned into Free Weed from Danny Danko on Normal Radio, presented by
1: High Times Magazine. See me, I say, boom, bang big respects. See me,
0: I say, Danny Danko.
1: Oh, oh, Jasper Dolphin, Free Weed, Danny Danko kia, bitch. Free ain't
3: no yeah, free I did that. Danny Danko on the Normal Radio,
1: Oh Lord, uh, free weed, free weed. <laughs>